Welcome to the FarmBits podcast. FarmBits is proudly produced by the Nebraska Digital Agriculture Team and hosted by students at the University of Nebraska. The FarmBits podcast comes to you each week to discuss the trends, the realities, and the value of digital agriculture. Through interviews with experts, producers, and innovators from across the agricultural industry, we hope that you step away from each episode with new practical knowledge of digital agriculture technology. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Open for Business FarmBits collaboration episode. I'm Kelsey Swantek. And I'm Micah Most, and we're so excited to have you with us today. This collaboration series aims to take the best of Open for Business and the best of FarmBits podcast, combining them to create a new informative mini-series. On this episode, we're joined by Julie Bichelle, president and founder of Page Wireless. She's an experienced, results-driven leader and visionary, designing and implementing connectivity solutions to solve rural America's large connectivity gap. Passionate about empowering and shaping the sustainable industries of the future through technological advances in IoT, broadband, biosecurity, food safety, and precision agriculture. Her passion for our country's producers and their ability to compete on a global scale drives her business, from products and services to emerging technology and advocacy. There's a lot more to know, but we'll let Julie tell you the rest. Uh, So Julie, can you go ahead and share a little bit about yourself and your background? Absolutely. I grew up in Southern Maryland, a rural community on the Chesapeake Bay. Um, I then went to school and studied political science and international studies at the University of North Florida. From there, I started working with Page Electric, which was a wire connectivity provider. And I started working in the irrigation space, which is what brought me to Nebraska quite a bit. And um, I always joke I learned what real agriculture was when I started coming to Nebraska, not the the small hobby farms I grew up in. Um, And I I fell in love. So we moved to Lincoln uh, two years ago now. So I am in Lincoln, Nebraska officially. That's fantastic. We're curious, what problem is Page Wireless trying to solve and what inspired you to take action? So, um, you know, I've always felt that we haven't given agriculture and producers the tools um, to be as efficient as possible, number one, and also to tell their story. I think there's a lot of pressure from consumers, uh, people who are not in agriculture to understand how their food is grown. But there's no tool out there to provide that, and that is because of the lack of connectivity. So um, we set out to solve that problem by bringing uh, connectivity to producers, but also making it cost-effective and making sure it's designed for an agriculture environment. So can you tell us a little bit about what Page Wireless actually is and then what its core product offering is? Yeah, so at our core, Page Wireless is the largest contiguous LoRaWAN network provider. Um, LoRaWAN stands for Long Range Wide Area Network. It's a network for wireless network for the Internet of Things devices. So really connecting anything in a very cost effective manner. And then that leads us into our broadband offering, which is um, bringing high band broadband connectivity to on farm implements. Um, so, So we can adopt autonomy or live stream video from the farm. 
So Julie, where is Page Wireless today as a company? So we have successfully deployed across the entire state of Nebraska, our LoRaWAN network. It's the first LoRaWAN statewide LoRaWAN network in North America. So we're super proud of that. Um, we're really proud of it because we wanted to show the innovation that happens here in the heartland and selfishly educate the coast a little bit and educate Silicon Valley of how uh, tech friendly we are in Nebraska and in the ag communities. So that's complete. Um, we have several thousand sensors deployed on our network across Nebraska today. Um, we have successfully deployed for autonomy, uh, the broadband network. So that means live streaming video from a combine and or having a combine and a cart talk to each other uh, wirelessly. And we are now moving to other states and very focused on water conservation and uh, natural resource conservation type projects uh, in other ag states. Uh, so what did um, Page Wireless's business plan look like from the start and how has that evolved since the beginning? Yeah, it looked nothing like it does today. Um, so about seven years ago, Laura Wan was first kind of released out at a, an IoT world event in Silicon Valley. And I happened to be there just looking for low-cost sensor solutions for agriculture, in particular irrigation, uh, because I just felt they were too expensive and probably didn't work the way they should back in 2014, 2015. Um, and I thought, oh, cool, you know, this will solve all of the problems. Low cost, really long range, doesn't require broadband networks. And um, our goal would be just to sell these sensors and to solve the issue. But there was no network connectivity to have those sensors connect to. So after doing a lot of research and actually doing a lot of testing um, with NPPD and some of the rural power districts, they were partners of ours and we tested the connectivity in substations and put it through the test. If it could deal with that electromagnetic field, then it would probably work an ad, right? So uh, we did that for about three years and I got the board of Page Electric and to, to approve us becoming a network provider. And we spun off Page Wireless as a wholly owned subsidiary in 2019, but just a, a, a wide difference of where we started and where we are today. And that was solely just the evolution of figuring out the problem. You've alluded to this a little bit already, but what are some of the advantages and benefits that Page Wireless and that system offers? Yeah, so first it's cost effective. So uh, right now, most of the telemetry in agriculture is connected via cellular. Um, so you're talking maybe sometimes $30 a month for a subscription fee and a very high cost sensor themselves. Um, with LoRaWAN, we're talking $2 a month, so very cost-effective. Uh, the sensors are, are made really to connect anything, so they're battery-powered, and they're powered with batteries off the shelf, um, and they're low-cost. So it's really, uh, our goal is to help producers and agriculture and municipalities and whoever uses the network to be able to afford to connect more than they ever could, really to deploy additional eyes and ears uh, where they need it most. Um, and then another piece of what we've really focused on across the state of Nebraska in particular was 
helping that bridge the broadband divide in rural communities. With LoRaWAN, you're now collecting data that was never possible before, like to call it broadband or cropland. When we have sensors in the field, more sensors that are generating more data, and that is starting to create the business case to go the last mile and take that fiber to the last mile because they need to backhaul our network now. And, and that's been really great to see. Awesome. So your website talks about two different types of networks, and you've also alluded to this one, the LoRaWAN and broadband. Can you teach us a little about a little bit about the difference of each of those um, and what they what they both are and the difference between them? Yeah, absolutely. So LoRaWAN is the exact opposite of broadband. We certainly couldn't be holding this this call on the LoRaWAN network. Um, you can't live stream video, Netflix, nothing like that. Um, we we really talk about that as a, a wireless network to receive chirps of data, if you will. So most of our sensors report something every hour, and that could be rainfall total or uh, data off a of flow meter, a smart meter. But it's really for teeny tiny data packets. On the broadband side. Um, we really focus on what we call mission critical applications. And this is something I hope nationally we start talking about more is ag, ag broadband, rural broadband should be considered mission critical, not the second thought. It is more important to give agriculture the best connectivity, in my opinion. Um, that's our, gener our revenue generator in the state, right? And that's what it, it's the fabric of our nation. And I really like to start talking about that. And so what we've done is we started deploying that way. So the broadband that we deploy for ag communities and, and rural communities, we call it mission critical. The radios we use were designed to carry people on high speed trains going 200 miles an hour. Um, and it's a what we call a make-before-break network, which means the data passes through before the network goes down. And um, we just think it's critical that, that we start talking about how important that is. I absolutely agree with that. Have you ever seen the T-Mobile um, coverage map? There's a nice Nebraska-sized hole right in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah. Thing, the same thing with, um, I think it was HughesNet had all the commercials back in the day, and it's like the best internet wherever you are. And I called them one day and they're like, yeah, we don't have it there. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's because I think for a long time, it, it's been the chicken and the egg from that telco perspective. What they haven't realized is their petabytes of data on the farm that would enable agriculture and producers and uh, you can't generate that data if you don't have the connectivity to backhaul it. And I think and I, I hope that we're starting to educate on how important that is, but also start changing the story and start changing the business model of why, how to get out to those rural communities. And it's through that ag data and it's through the adoption of precision agriculture. Could you explain a little more how you are working with the Nebraska Natural Resource Districts? Sure, absolutely. Um, so one of our largest projects is with the Twin Platte Natural Resource District, and it's called the Water Data Program. And it's where we've partnered with Olson. Um, so they do the groundwater modeling and every model you can imagine for the district. Um, we've partnered with another company called Sitka, 
who has provided, who built out a groundwater managers platform. And they're taking sensor data that we've deployed across the 320,000 acres uh, of their district. And they're taking data from well monitors in many monitoring wells. Uh, we have pump monitors on center pivot irrigation systems. So they're looking at irrigation runtime. We also have flow meters deployed, and those flow meters are deployed to double check the runtime data that they're pulling off of the pump monitors. And all of that data is flowing to Sitka's platform they built for the groundwater managers, and it's telling them everything they want to know across the district, well levels, which is my favorite device because we're finally seeing groundwater levels hourly, and we're looking at uh, the impact of irrigation and how quickly uh, we're seeing recharge. And they're looking at pretty much all of it. And what I love about the project is we generate a lot of data. Uh, over years, we've generated, well, data from thousands of sensors every hour. But what good is the data if there's no actual insight to really tell you what's happening in the field and how to act on it? And the project bringing Sitka in, which is another investment into Nebraska, um, built the project, built the actual platform, and they're able to say, okay, sensor on well number G, X, Y, and Z is pumping X, and here's that calibration to that monitoring well. It's a phenomenal project. Um, it's been super successful so far. That sounds great. Um, as the president of Page Wireless, what are some business shocks that you've faced and how did you overcome those and prepare for future ones? It's a good question. Um, we built a full business plan uh, around scaling across the entire state. So we thought, and we heard from LoRaWAN solution providers that if they at least had a full state of contiguous network coverage, they would come and invest in the state and sell their sensors. And that means we would have devices on our network. What we didn't realize two years ago is those solutions weren't mature, right? This is a new technology, um, really great for indoor use, but not optimal for outdoor use and certainly not optimal for agriculture settings. Um, so that was a bit of a surprise. Um, so we did end up developing our own sensors. Uh, that is not what I would tell you our core business is or was from the beginning, but uh, we needed to get the adoption and really show the value of LoRaWAN. So we did that. Thankfully, now we're seeing huge maturation, huge adoption rates, and the sensors and the solutions are getting much better. And um, we're really excited to bring and announce some new partners to Nebraska and to ride on our network and offer some really awesome water solutions here pretty soon. You've mentioned, Julie, that you have full coverage of the state of Nebraska, but what other states are you venturing into? We are venturing into Kansas um, and really uh, how we're moving forward now, which I think is important to differentiate our business model in Nebraska, which is statewide. And now as we go into other states, it's very much with partners and it's going to be business driven, not a build it and they will come scenario. So we're going into Kansas to support um, uh, cattle feedlots. We're going into Idaho to support uh, automation and real-time telemetry of the Boise River. 
and North South Dakota to support uh, water smart meter adoption. Wow. Okay. You guys are expanding pretty quickly from what it sounds like. That's great. Um, who or what is the ideal customer for Page Wireless? Is it big corporations? Is it NRDs or is it individual farmers? I think all three. Um, I, I don't feel that we've done our job well if we don't see individual farmers adopting the technology. Um, our goal out of the gate was to deliver the solution to help them be more efficient, more profitable, and use that data to tell their story. Um, so I never want to lose sight of that. Uh, and that's when we'll be successful. What goals do you have for Page Wireless in the upcoming years? So our, our number one goal is have our sensor data and some of the solutions we're bringing to the market be the tool in the toolbox for producers as they venture into, I would say, the consumer markets, um, or we can call them the sustainability markets, carbon markets, whatever market they, they are either forced into or choose to enter into. We want our sensors to be used to drive premiums back to the ag producer. Um, we are solely user-owned data, so we call that producer-owned data when we're talking agriculture, because I feel that is the tool to drive premiums to the producer and drive economic vitality to rural communities. And so when we see that, I will say it's a success for us, right? Because that is essentially successfully following that sensor data from the farm through the supply chain. Um, and that's where we do spend a lot of our time today is working with partners in the supply chain to understand the value of the data, that it is possible to use it, and uh, to make sure that that premium is headed back to the farm. That's really good to hear. Um, I think obviously the hot topic for uh, like three years now is COVID. Um, has COVID affected your business in any way? Yes, from a supply chain side, sadly. Um, you know, I think everyone's seeing that and going through that. Um, I would say from the broadband side, while we solely focus on on-farm connectivity, I think it's really it's shown a light on the actual divide there are is in rural communities when children had to learn on Zoom and couldn't connect, et cetera, right? Um, but it also showed the value of critical infrastructure in rural communities, healthcare, broadband, the health of an, an ag community. Um, and that is one thing I am proud of. It, it took too long to show, but I think it did. And I think there's a lot of work being done to make sure that it doesn't happen again. Um, and I know we're certainly at the forefront of having those conversations here in Nebraska at the legislature. Um, and I think it's going to drive the entrepreneurial spirit as well. And that's our hope. You mentioned that Sitka helps with processing some of the data that you collect. Yes. What, what kind of involvement do you have with uh, post collection processing of data or how, how do you interact with your customers in that regard? It's a great, great question. Um, for this project, we, we meet two times a week. And this is two years and <laughs> going. Um, so we are very intimately involved. Um, 
IoT data is a different beast. And so it's a new thing. And it takes certain software know-how. It takes certain uh, education in the industry to really grasp it and understand like what's the value of getting data every 30 minutes to an hour. Um, so we work with it. We QA the data with them. Um, and it, it's, it's a real partnership. And I think that's what sets the project apart is for so long technology and solution providers, it was their solution, their proprietary solution or nothing. Um, this project really shows the value of open source technologies, which LoRaWAN Network is, um, and bringing partners to the table that focus on their strengths and it makes for better end result. I see how this applies to row crop production. Can you explain how this could apply to ranchers and cow-calf production? Yes, absolutely. Um, so ear tags, I will tell you out of the gate, they're too expensive today, um, but it's coming um, where they're going to be very, very cost-effective ear tags on lower WAN. Uh, there's really awesome technology out there right now, I would say, um, for research projects, or if you want to look at kind of geofencing when cattle are grazing, what are they eating? How is that affecting them? Um, so that's happening. We have a lot of sensors out in, in uh, cow-calf operations for water, water tanks, um, rain buckets, you name it. Um, I'm probably going to miss several. Flow meters are a big one for us, pressure transducers for sprinklers, et cetera. Um, and then we also are able to track the humane care. Sometimes simply that's a human was doing their chores of feeding the animals and we track that with sensor data, pull that into blockchain and we're able to get that through the supply chain and hopefully onto the label at a retailer. Julie, have you faced any setbacks, do you feel, as a woman in the field of agriculture um, or in the field of digital agriculture specifically? You know, I think my setbacks were self-inflicted. Um, I'm a young entrepreneur and I had a vision of what an entrepreneur should be or what their educational background should be. None of those I look like or did I, I'm not a technologist by trade. Um, I had to get over that and I, it took me too long, I would say, right? Um, so no, I don't, I don't think I have overtly, I think that was all, all these stories I made up in my head of what it should be and it was not at all true. So Julie, you have mentioned Page Electric, um, Page Wireless, and then I think it was Page Precision Ag. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about the, it sounds like the page family of businesses, uh, kind of what that looks like and what they all are and what they kind of do briefly? Absolutely. So Page Electric is a 65-year-old wiring cable company. Um, I started with the company 18 years ago. And uh, like I said, I started coming to Nebraska. I was in the irrigation division. So uh, Valmont, Lindsay, Ranky, TL, we're all our customers. And I, I fell in love with the industry. Um, I wanted to work in free trade policy around agriculture. And then I came here. It's like, I think I can have a bigger impact being in the industry. Um, so that's how I, I essentially became the director of Page Precision Agriculture. That was through working uh, with the irrigation industry and 
We spun that off into all things precision ag connectivity, but tethered, wired. Um, and then uh, two years ago, had this grand idea to take a wire company, wireless. And um, that was a journey in and of itself. When you take, I'll call Page Electric is a low tech company, right? It's cable to the most extreme cutting edge, high tech wireless connectivity that of course had its hurdles. Um, you have people who have been selling wire forever, right? So you have to really create the business case and take that company to look at innovation and how can we use both to create a better solution for our customer base? And, and that's what we've done. I'm curious, Julie, um, coming from an outside environment to the state of Nebraska, not traditionally thought of as a hub for technology, what kind of opportunities do you think exist here for young people that are wanting to work in the field of technology, but don't necessarily want to move out of state? So many. Um, I always say, I don't think Page Wireless would be as successful if we didn't launch here first. Um, I've lived in many states, many communities, none of them like Nebraska. Um, instead of getting the, well, what do you do for a living? Never mind, you know, let's push you over here. It's how can I help you? We'll warn them, you know, this is new technology. This is bleeding edge at times, but they want to help. And that sets Nebraska apart because the networking and the support when you're an entrepreneur is what's going to make or break you through the process. There's nowhere better. Absolutely nowhere better. Um, every meeting I have, whether it's boards with the university or my own company or irrigation association, the question always is, how do we find entrepreneurs? There's a lot of great ideas, but not the right people to drive them. I think in Nebraska, you have a clear funnel <laughs> to be connected with great products, great people, and see a path to success expedited in a way that nowhere else provides. I'm glad you say that. Uh, we're both Nebraska natives, and I, I love the state more than anything. Hear that from someone else, too, and kind of confirm um, that it is true. Yeah. It's true. It is. I moved here to be an entrepreneur. Um, you know, I, I moved here from just outside of D.C., and um, it's amazing. The community is absolutely incredible. Would it be safe to say that your Lorawan service could replace any situation where someone is using expensive cellular service for monitoring and would this save them money? Um, and could you speak to that in an ag context and otherwise? Yeah, um, I don't know if I could say without understanding the application if it could, could replace everything. Um, if there's a sensor out there that's maybe live streaming video or sending any type of photo clips? Probably not. Um, but if it's a sensor that's sending out just packets of data, yeah, absolutely. Um, and that that's our goal. Um, so yes, I would say depending on the application. And then from an ag perspective, I think so. And I'll give you an example. Um, soil moisture grows are probably the most data intense device out there. <laughs> they report often and they report a lot of data every single time they report. And LoRaWAN supports it. It supports it beautifully. 
And it just takes a little creativity and how you're designing those little packets of data to make sure that they get across. But um, yeah, I'm very confident in saying it would be a, a great alternative for most uh, cellular telemetry units out there today. I also think our network is much more reliable than the cellular networks we've seen in Nebraska. And I say that because when we first launched, uh, you technically can backhaul LoRaWAN via a cellular connection. And we thought that would be awesome. Why not? We don't need internet to every radio we deploy. Um, <clears throat> we had network outages for the first two months consistently. And it really, um, it shone a light on what was going on and there were rolling outages all of the time in rural communities. So our network is better for it. It is now backhauled via internet, wired internet, and we only use cell backhaul for redundancy. Because of that, we've been up 99.6% of the time over the last two and a half years. Wow. So yeah, we're super proud of that. But back to that mission critical connectivity. Um, we, we're really proud to say that's what we've delivered and done it in rural communities first. That is amazing. Wow. I'm very much impressed with that. But Julie, for you, uh, what are you most excited about moving forward with Page Wireless? Um, changing the world. You know, I, <laughs> I, I really think that's what what we're set out to do. And I'm proud that it's with agriculture. Um, I think as Americans, we need to understand how lucky we are for our farmers and our ranchers and our producers that um, not only feed us well, but with safe food, um, but also give us the leverage globally because we're leaders in agriculture. And um, I'm most excited about giving them the tools to start kind of shifting the power in the industry and, and leveraging their data for premiums for efficiencies, uh, to tell their story, you name it. Julie, is there anything we didn't ask you about or we didn't discuss that you'd like to share with us? Yeah, I think so. I think, um, you know, it probably took me too long to figure it out. So if I could help others with, um, if you're an entrepreneur and a farmer, naturally entrepreneur, innovator, and you have an idea, the world needs it, right? If you're solving a problem, the world needs you, it needs it. I think right now is agriculture's time to shine. And we're being asked to do things differently. We're being asked for new ideas. And the absolute best person to do that is an entrepreneur who understands the space or a farmer or producer who understands the space and can really give us meaningful solutions. So my next step to that is just start, right? So um, the best advice I ever got, which absolutely drove me crazy when I was in my 20s from our president of the company at the time was this will take on a life of its own. And I wanted answers and I wanted them that day, right? But now I realize looking back, he trusted me. He trusted me as an entrepreneur to go out, take the first step, make a mistake, but I was smart enough to figure it out. And I think that's why I'm successful today. And um, I would say for anyone who's listening, um, if they just want to talk to someone about what that first step needs to be, I'm here 
Um, I'm super passionate about keeping entrepreneurs in Nebraska and giving them the tools to do it. Um, it really is our time to shine. It's a great marketplace to do it now as well. And the support here is phenomenal. You're so much fun to talk to. You keep giving me goosebumps, like all the things you're saying. It's just Thank like, you. Thank you. Very motivational speaking sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I would second that. <laughs> um, so Julie, where can our listeners go to learn more if they're interested or if more questions arise for you? Yeah, um, pagewireless.com. It's P-A-I-G-E wireless.com. Um, I'd love to connect on LinkedIn as well. And you can also follow Page Wireless on LinkedIn. And Julie, I think this is our last question we have for you. Um, do you have any advice or words of wisdom for farmers or entrepreneurs like yourself, especially our female entrepreneurs that might be listening and don't know where or how to start? I probably jumped the gun on my last my last answer. Okay. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it is. I'm going to go back to that one. It's trust yourself. Trust those nagging problems that you feel you need to solve because um, you authentically have that nagging problem and the solution in your head. Again, we need it. Um, and just start one phone call, right? And it gets the ball rolling and you won't believe in just two years how far you, you can come. We'd like to extend a sincere thank you to Julie Bichelle from Page Wireless for taking the time to join us today. It's so cool to hear another story of a Nebraska woman in ag founding such a useful business. My favorite part was hearing about someone recognizing Nebraska's opportunities and resources and coming from out of state to start a business here. I would agree, that was great, but my favorite part had to be Julie's commitment to providing Nebraska's farmers and ranchers access to digital technologies that empower them to make decisions on their operations. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll be back one week from today to share another digital ag story with you on the FarmBits podcast. Thank you for taking the time to join us today on the FarmBits podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts to be informed about the latest content each week. We welcome your feedback, so if you have comments or questions for us, please reach out to us over email, on Twitter, or in the review section of your favorite podcast platform. Our contact information can be found in the show notes. We would like to thank Nebraska Extension for their support of this podcast and their commitment to providing high-quality informational material to members of the agricultural community in Nebraska and beyond. The opinions expressed by the hosts and guests on this podcast are solely their own and do not reflect the views of Nebraska Extension or the University of Nebraska Lincoln. We look forward to you joining us next week for another episode of Farm Bits.